So today, this is not part of the intro. I'm just going to go rogue. Love it. Uh, a friend of the app, someone who we've become very close with over the past couple of months, but have yet to meet in person. I was actually on her podcast a few weeks ago. Um, as And I'll now give the, the real intro. As the brilliant host of Seeing Other People podcast, Alana has captivated audiences worldwide with her candid conversations about the intricacies of dating, relationships, and the human heart. Her lively and oh wait, you have a lot here, Hannah. Well, you don't have to her lively that. and wise approach combined with this sincere dedication to helping others navigate the complexities of love make her a strong advocate for all aspects of love. Today we have the privilege of del- delving into Ilana's wealth of knowledge, exploring the profound connections between dating, self-discovery, and personal growth, along with exploring how being an engaged woman influences her role as a dating guru. Alana, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. I like almost have tears in my eyes. (laughs) And you said babe. I left babe out. (laughs) That's right. I said Alana babe. Welcome to the show. Wait, I want to meet this girl. She sounds awesome. (laughs) Like that can't be me. Well, that was all Hannah that I just read because Hannah's nervous. I was like, I your intro and I was like, how do I word this? And I was just coming up with like like captivating. I love the word captivating. I feel like you're a very captivating person. Thank you. You're so very welcome. Wow. Um, All right. So to kick this off, I think that you probably retold the story so many times, but I'm so interested in it. You were unceremoniously fired from dating juggernaut Hinge, which is so rude, first and foremost. Um, (laughs) But then you kind of boss the fuck up and then instead of like letting the dating, like the the want to be able to help people with dating fizzle out, you really like bossed up and started seeing other people? Yeah, I kind of got to this point where I, I realized what I wanted to do. I realized I found this thing I was so passionate about, which was helping people feel less alone in their dating lives through a podcast and mm-hmm. content and connecting with other people in a public way. And I immediately like getting let go from Hinge was this weight lifted off of my shoulders mm-hmm. where... I felt like, oh my God, I can now go do what I want without anybody holding me back, saying no, saying make this 40 slide deck before we can (laughs) consider doing this idea. And I immediately was like, I'm not applying to other jobs. Like there's nowhere I could go where I will feel as fulfilled doing the thing I want to do than me just going and doing it. And I'm so glad, like, I don't know how I had that mindset about it, but I'm so grateful that I did because I was just like, I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it. I know it's scary. Like I don't have an income. (laughs) Um, I don't have health insurance. I got to figure a lot of things out, but I was like, I'm going to give myself six months. And if I can make it six months, I'll, I'll assess, I'll reassess then see what, if there's if it's working or not and i never checked in in a six month mark that's so incredible did you have the plan in place to start the podcast or did it just come naturally after the hinge firing i i immediately knew that's what i was gonna do i um i had a co-host actually at during when i hosted a podcast for hinge called dating sucks and i texted him while i'm on the zoom getting laid off saying hey i just got fired do you want to start a podcast really like wow not, not, not even a breath not even a breath not even a breath and less than two months later, launched it, and it's been going. Well, it'll be our my third year oh, in January. Congratulations! It's I your feel, third year. Yeah. Wow. I feel like you and Joe have that that very much in common, where it was just kind of like it's that entrepreneurial spirit that that resides within you. It's like really no barriers because going out on your own is an incredibly terrifying thing. I'm Completely. sure in a lot of different ways. But the fact that there was, like you said, not even a beat where you missed, you're like, no, screw it. I know what I want to do, and I know how I want to do it. I've just got to have the lady balls to be able to do it. Exactly. Wow. I think for so long, I wanted to feel fulfilled in what I was doing. I knew I wanted to help people and I didn't really know how. 
And as soon as I figured out how, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like actually making a difference, Mm. doing what I love and knowing that's having this positive impact on people. And yeah, it's going to be scary. I have no idea how to do any of this, but (laughs) I was always the queen of side gigs in in college, in every job I had. I always had things I was doing on the side. And it's funny. I remember um, maybe about two years after college, I wanted to quit my job. I was working in music, in the music industry. And I told my parents I wanted to just freelance. And they were like, Alana, like, you're not ready. (laughs) We love you. You're not ready. And I was like, what the hell? They don't believe in me. Like, what do they mean? I'm not ready. Of course I can figure this out. I was not ready. (laughs) I was too, I I had no idea. I still don't know, but I know a lot more than I did. And I think my time at Hinge did prepare me for so much more. So I think it all just really came together the the way it was meant to. It's absolutely incredible. Well, well, I was going to say, and I'm sure as a corporate job goes for most people, working at Hinge and you were head of social media or what were you? My title was lead content creator. Okay. Wow. So like obviously that having that wealth of knowledge, you could literally do anything in today's world. But as far as like getting a corporate job Mm -hmm. for most people doing that for Hinge is like the dream job. Yeah. And the fact that you did that and it wasn't fulfilling your soul, kind of what you said earlier about like going back into corporate, the corporate world, nothing else would have made you happy because you kind of had everyone's or even your own kind of dream job on paper. But yeah, yeah, like what else would you do in a corporate world besides that? Exactly. And it's like I had my dream job when I was there. I did, but it didn't last. That feeling didn't last for a while. Like when I started at Hinge, they were very much a startup. I was like the 34th person at the company. By the time I left, there were almost 200 people. And now there's well over that. And so it went from you're here, go do. And it was this creative playground to, okay, like I said, any idea you have, make a 40 slide deck, maybe in three quarters, we'll consider it. And so while I was able to create this thing and start this podcast and find this thing I was so passionate about, I also was getting very like creatively stunted and held back so many times and told no, when I was like, well, we know this works and people are asking for more of it. Why can't we just do it? And it was tough because for a while, after being told no so many times, I really lost so much confidence in myself where I wanted to leave. Like there was about my last six months at Hinge, I really wanted to leave, but I felt so stuck and trapped because I was like, well, I found this thing I love to do. I'm not going to leave when I have this security of this job. The only other places I could possibly go to do this would be Barstool or Betches. And I don't have the confidence to even consider pitching myself right now. Because you've beaten, beaten down so much through, through that process. Exactly. So getting let go was actually the biggest blessing in disguise and, and the greatest thing that could have possibly happened to me at the time. I like to say it was a breakup that needed to happen that I didn't have <laughs> the balls to do myself because I didn't, but yeah. I felt so set free. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's oh. absolutely incredible. So you, your podcast is correct me if I'm wrong is like a two pronged approach. You have a two, like a two yeah. twice weekly. Yeah. How did you kind of come up with the, the idea to do the two pronged approach? It happened over time. It wasn't that at first. At first it was really just normal episodes with, some type of expert guest or influencer or comedian or whoever um, and talking about some topic in dating. And over time, I started to get emails of people wanting to talk about more just deeper topics. And these people weren't influencers. They didn't have a following. They were just normal people. And Mm -hmm. the first one I remember was a girl who wanted to talk about dating with an eating disorder or an eating or an ED recovery. Wow. And I was like, this is really cool. Like I've never really heard anyone talk about it, but I know so many people who are recovering from eating disorders are currently, you know, in struggling the with of it. Exactly. Yeah. And this feels like I, again, I wanted to do this to make a difference and help people. And this seems like 
a one way to do it. And so I started doing that and, and more and more emails came in, like someone with um, chronic illness wanted to come on and talk about that. And I really didn't even know what that meant. I'm like, <laughs> is, is there one chronic illness that you have or is there a lot? How do I even ask questions about that? And the more people reached out about this, the more I was like, this is so important because the questions I have, everyone else probably has too. And you never know who you're going to sit at the table from across a date. Yes, so true on a date across from <laughs> and you want to be able to be respectful and be curious and make sure you're just having conversations that they feel comfortable with, but also that allow you to get to know them. And so I just started really leaning into this curiosity and want to understand people more. And I realized like, why not just have more episodes and have it be like the Tuesday episodes are primarily for those original people, influencers, founders, experts, guests, in the field. experts, exactly. It's where we can learn about dating. And then Thursday episodes turned into this, I called them unfiltered. Mm. Um, that's the series name and it's normal people. And I took it one step further and I was like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who want to come on, but they're afraid to rightfully so. And so most of the unfiltered guests come on anonymously. And it's the most beautiful thing in the world. I think it is completely the heart of the podcast and the heart of everything I do. And just the response from people of, of how seen and heard and understood they feel listening to those episodes, it's incredible. Well, I, just, I, I found it so fascinating when I was researching and, and that, that was the case because I feel a lot of um, podcasts that surround like dating or relationships kind of barely scratch the surface of like real world problems. So yeah. to be able to have people have a safe space to be able to come and express yeah. how they feel or get advice. I thought it was fantastic. Um, so you're newly engaged. Well, not so newly engaged, but. It's been not, yeah, it's not that long. I guess it's six months now, which is oh, crazy. Congratulations, darling. I remember the first feelings of being engaged. It was <laughs> just so bloody beautiful. Um, how'd you guys meet? We met on Hinge. Did you? So did we. So did we. Really? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Did you, so did you meet on Hinge while you were working at Hinge? Two months after. What? So you still use the enemy's product. It's so funny. This actually has come up three times in the past week. And I had not talked about it previously in so long, just like in conversation with other people. It, I remember so vividly my friends being like, oh, fuck Hinge, like down with Hinge. We're deleting the app. Like we're never using it again. Screw them. And I'm like, Solidarity. no. Solidarity. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like guys, I love you, but I believe in the app. It helps. Like, we don't need to delete it. I still think you could meet somebody on it, and I'm still going to use it. Like, are there a few people at the company that aren't my favorite people on the planet? Totally. But for the most part, like, I still believe in the app. It's It still can help us meet people. And I'm again, I'm glad that was my mindset around it when I know there are other people who got let go who that was definitely not theirs. But um, <laughs> the first week of January, we matched on Hinge, and I had a prompt in my profile about loving the Jonas Brothers. He messaged me that he also loved the Jonas Brothers. Good man. And I really, I love our story because I think there's so many like dating app nuances that people write people off for so many things, but I didn't respond. For how long? He followed up a week later. Why, did, why didn't you respond? I don't remember. Honestly, okay. I don't know if I saw it and wasn't just like wasn't that excited or if I saw it, I, I know I was talking to somebody else at the time and I think I was very invested in that situation. So maybe I just like wasn't in the mood or I have, I really don't know. Okay. I don't think it was anything personal to him. I don't think I saw it and I was like, ew, no, or like, like that's a weird first message because if anything, I'd be excited by that first message. But he messaged me a week later and said, figured I'd try this again. How was your weekend? And I responded almost immediately and was like, I'm so glad you did. And then we got into a great conversation about the Jonas Brothers. And well, that's awesome, though, because yeah, because the first 
the first impression is that he actually cares because mm -hmm. if you didn't answer for a week and he really just saw you as like another number on a dating app, yeah. he would never follow up. Right. But the fact that he was like, no, I really want to talk to this specific person and mm -hmm. followed up and then you seeing that, it makes you think. Yeah. He actually wants to get to know me, not totally. just my profile and seeing me as a number. Yeah. And there are so many people who are like, oh, if they don't respond, I would never follow up. That's so embarrassing. It's like, they might have not, first of all, they might not have seen it. Second of all, they might have been busy. Third yeah. of all, they might have been exploring somebody else or just like not, like you never know why somebody didn't respond and you have literally nothing to lose and everything to gain by following up. Yeah. I think that you have nothing to lose dating in general. Yeah. Like if you go on any first date or any conversation, yeah. the worst thing that happens is that it doesn't work out or they don't respond and you're literally back in the same position you were in with somebody totally. you didn't know. And it's 100%. like, it's not really, like I think people get butt hurt. Yeah. And take things so personal and it's in the not. grand scheme of it, it's just not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. And I feel like that's a huge theme in dating in so many different scenarios too, where it's, we take things so personally. So personally. So personally. If somebody sends us an anti-ghosting text, if somebody does says something on a date or does something on a date or whatever, like we take it so personally and we internalize it as like, well, something's wrong with me or I'm not 100%. worthy of being loved. But we've done all of that to so many other people. And we're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not for me. We just conveniently forget that when it happens to us. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like a knife going into the heart when somebody like, oh, you know, you see someone's profile and you're like, oh, my God. And like you said, you take it so bloody yeah. personally. Yeah. And I do want to get back to yes. the, you guys actually meeting on Hinge and, and how it came to actual real life. But uh, going back to podcasting, I think what you said earlier about um, – communicating and people being on the same page and like all these people with whether it's an eating disorder or um, a health issue, just having people to talk about it, realizing that you're not the only person. And I think like, even if you're just a normal person that doesn't have many issues, maybe you have like one slight thing that you're insecure about. If you just talk to literally anyone and realize that a lot of people deal with the same things, that creates such a an easy dating field for everybody. And that's actually why I love the podcast is because obviously I can't go on first dates anymore, mm -hmm. but I used to Thanks. love first dates <laughs> because like you just get to know people. Yeah, and like, so I cool. love getting to know our guests and like what makes them tick and like what they're into, what they're not into. And I think that's what first dates, that, that's the beauty of a first date. It's just getting to know that person, being open and honest. Yeah. Um, but I do want to get back to um, how did, how did yes. it go? So, yeah, so we got into a great conversation, and I, at some point, the next thing I did was I obviously looked him up mm -hmm. and tried to see if we have any mutual friends. And Looked him up. Looked him up on Facebook, Instagram, okay. and because I, I realized, like, we were from, we, like, the same county. Like, we were a few towns oh, over. Really? Turns out we grew up 14 minutes door to door. Who knew? Wow. Um, but <laughs> story. I texted a mutual friend and was like, Helena, like, what's this guy Jake's deal? And Helena goes, Alana, scroll up. You asked me about him in October. So we had matched in October, talked on the app. I asked, I did the same thing, went to Facebook, found mutual friends, scrolled. Oh, Helena, let me text her, asked her, what's this guy Jake's deal? So you must have been dating a lot of people on Hinge the fact that he <laughs> <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> Listen, and he had no 20, idea either. It was 2020 to 2021. There was nothing else to do. But he had um, no idea, I assume. Yeah, I guess he, he didn't. And Helena had, I, I looked back and she had given like the most raving review about him and told this like in-depth story that kind of like spoke to his character. And I just never, like, I guess I just never continued it. I don't know why if I got busy or distracted or what. Um, I recently, earlier this year, looked back at those texts and learned that 
I saw something I didn't see the last time. And when I had texted her in October, it wasn't that we had just matched. It was like going through my old matches because I'm bored. I matched with this guy in like April, but we never talked. What's his deal? So you were interested so in it was him. like three times, three separate times. But you also saw him as not just a match because you went through this mm -hmm. thorough process of actually asking a friend about him yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. Wow. That's so yeah. funny. That makes but sense. now you match. Now we match. You talk. Now you get the revalidation through your friend. Yes. yes. Then what happens? Then he <laughs> asks me out and I say I can't go out with him for like a month because of COVID. And me, my roommates and I were like in a pod and because we were seeing our parents, so we weren't going to see anyone else. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to go out with you. I can't. Like I'll reach back out in a month or so. <laughs> and he thought he was never going to hear from me again. And February, like the first week of February comes around, I text him like, hey, I'm in the clear. And we went on our first date on February 8th. We had to go to dinner because you couldn't just get drinks mm -hmm. in New York. You had to also get food in order to go to a restaurant. It was 20 degrees. We sat outside and that was our first date. Wait, correct me if I'm wrong. That's where he proposed. That is well. where he proposed. I saw that video. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which, which restaurant was it? Quality Eats on that breeze side. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have like a very similar story. We started dating during COVID as well. And I feel like if you dated somebody during COVID and made it through, <laughs> yeah. you have like 10 years experience. That bonded, so it bonds you for life. It, it truly does. does. Um, I always find this really interesting, especially considering the fact that you yourself are a dating guru, but you're engaged and Joe's obviously married. Yeah. Working within the dating space, do you think, like, do you find any like pitfalls and or peaks that come along with being like an engaged woman talking to people about being single? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I remember when I was at Hinge, at first I was single and I remember asking my boss when things started like going well with a guy I was like am I allowed to be in a relationship like I literally asked my boss that because because I, I didn't know I was Alana from Hinge I was the single girl who talked about her dating struggles mm. that was like my identity and my boss was like oh my god of course like <laughs> go meet somebody Alana but I was definitely nervous about it at first I was wondering like will this make me less relatable will people be like oh well like Alana doesn't get it and even last week somebody commented on a video being like it's really hard to take this to heart when you're not dating right now. Like you're not single, you're not struggling in dating, so you don't get it. But but you had at some point. But I see, I, I see it the opposite way. I see it that it worked for us. So, yeah. you know, the advice we're giving, it's more proof of concept. Like, right. hey, we're giving you this advice from what we dealt with before we met somebody. Mm -hmm. But because we went through it, it worked for us. So yeah. Well, it's not like either of you have been married for bloody 10 years either. It's like you're freshly engaged. Right. We got married in April. So it's like the the experience of dating is not too long ago. And I don't feel like the the dating world has shifted that dramatically where you where you can't give advice to people. But I see like I would rather and not like that we're take advice from someone who has yeah, been and successful and I, and I versus rather, someone whose yeah. dating life is a dumpster. And I would rather be in the position of being Yeah. In a relationship to give relationship I don't even like to give it a relationship advice I just give like my point of view right but I feel like if I was if I was single as a guy making a dating app oh my god that would be perceived such the wrong way or mm. it's like oh this guy's just trying to hook up with people right. and I wouldn't even know personally like say I had another woman on the podcast and it was just me and I didn't have a wife and I was like oh I'm really attracted to this woman how do I blur Navigate the lines that, of yeah. business and pleasure and yeah you're just going down a rabbit hole there yeah <laughs> so what you're yeah. trying to say is thank you hannah <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah it, it's hard i mean with anything you know i i try and approach every situation like with grace like i i'm sure i also felt 
like that person who commented sometimes when people were trying to give me advice and they weren't single. And I'm like, well, you don't get it. And listen, like I get it. I went through hell and back in my dating life, but I also have empathy for those who are in such a dark place in their dating life where they feel like nobody understands. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side of that, there are so many people who anytime I post something where it's, it shows like me and Jake in our relationship and where I started to where I am now, I get so many messages of people saying that my story gives them hope. Mm -hmm. Because also, when I started seeing other people, I was single. And I started seeing other people the first week of January 2021. Me and Jake matched on Hinge the first week of January 2021. Wow. And so it really like takes people through my whole story with him and starting from being single and feeling hopeless and like I was never going to meet somebody and sharing all those stories to hey, I worked through a lot. I grew a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. I learned from them. Some of them I made a few too many times, but it did all work. What were the things that, what were these like horrible dating stories or, or you know, things that you yeah, really, lay a, lay a really bad didn't like that, that uh, kind of Jake changed? Or when did you see, okay, Jake's a little bit different? Yeah, I definitely had a really long history of going for guys who, were very upfront that they were not looking for anything serious. But you and you like tried I to can change, change them. You. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I, I literally, and it would be like after a first, second, third, fourth, sometimes even, even fifth date, they would wait to tell me that, and I'm like, oh well, that's fine. They don't know me well enough to want something serious with me yet. Like, <laughs> and did you fault them for being honest? No, but well, here's the thing: they all, without fail, every single one was like, "But I really like you, and I'm down to keep hanging out if you are." I wait, hate that. Can I just give more context? Yes. This is happening in New York and in, in the city? Yes. Yeah. Over and over, it's, every single guy I met for years and I years mean, and years. Being in those shoes, it is dating in New York, and I don't know how it is for women, but for men, it is just like, and I mean this in the classiest way, like a playground of dating. And like you, you try and do everything you can to not get tied down just because every single day and every single night, it's like, yeah. it's like being on a college campus as an adult. Where there's just so many things to do. And but like, doesn't that get exhausting? It Oh, for sure. For sure. But I'm sure this was in your 20s, no? Yeah. Yeah. So in my, from 26 till 29, like I, I was always a hopeless romantic and I, I really did want to meet somebody. But on the other hand, it, it was kind of like an internal battle of this person has to really wow me, which is like, it's like a stupid position to put the other person in where it's like, okay, the only way I'm going to be with you is if you wow me, which is a terrible way to date. Because you're like, I don't want to give up this freedom of being single in New York. Mm -hmm. And like, that's how I saw it. So I kind of understand why guys, I don't agree with it. How old were you when you two met? 30. 30, yeah. Yeah. And I I was still in that phase. I feel like men don't really want to, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to generalize <laughs> I'd say like, I would say most men feel way more comfortable getting serious at like 30. Because we're like a kid in our 20s, whereas women are like way more mature than us. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you find that if a guy's friends are starting to get into a relationship, maybe even if it's in their early or mid-20s, if their friends are in serious relationships, does that make them more inclined to be in a relationship? That's a good question. Uh, I would say I don't think so. I would say it's more of an internal feeling that a guy has where – I mean, when I turned 30, I was getting at that age where I was like, I actually don't like being single mm -hmm. and I would rather find somebody than be single. Whereas when I was like 28, 29, 27, I was like, I would rather be single. And it was just more of like a growing up process where you start to think about the future. And I was like, okay, 
I could technically do this for my whole life, but do I want to be 40, 45, 50, like being single? And what does that look like? Right. And then as you think about that, it's, and again, this is me speaking from my own personal experience. It's, it was sad to me. Like I, I would never want to be like a Leonardo DiCaprio. Like mm-hmm. would I want to be him as an actor? hundred percent. Right. <laughs> would I want to be him as a dater? No, because everything that he did was just so shallow and surface level. It seems like a very lonely existence. Yeah. I, I really wanted to connect with somebody and like, I was starting to experience life and travel and like have career accomplishments. And yeah, you could celebrate those with your family, but I wanted to have like a partner who was like, this is amazing to celebrate and build a life with somebody. So I think when men get to 30, they just think a little bit differently. Well, two, two follow-ups on that. It's funny that you said that because with a lot of the guys who didn't want anything serious, a lot of their reasoning was like they're, they were so career focused. And so I mentioned earlier that I worked in the music industry for a while, I only wanted to date guys who also worked in the music industry. Like, that's just what I was into. And they all, without fail, every single one of them, was they were so focused on their career that that was their reason. They're like, I am not looking for a relationship until I'm like 30 mm-hmm. and crushing it in my career. Yeah. And I have literally no idea where I was going with this. You said two, <laughs> two follow-ups. <so>. Yes. <laughs> well, to um, that, to, you can think about it, but. Shit. <laughs> I hate when that happens when you have a brain. Oh, my God. Course. And I know what the second question is. Okay, go to the second well, question. The first to, no, 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 to, no, no, no. I. Well, what was oh, the question? Oh, okay. no, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept justifying it to them as like, well, I under, like, I get it. Because they all also said like, I like hanging out with you and, and dating you and talking to you because you get what I'm trying to do and like where yeah. I'm trying to grow. And, and I can talk to you about it and you understand it because I was also in the industry. But I'm like, well, wouldn't you want to go through this part of your life with somebody to cheer you on and to be there for you when it's hard and to like celebrate your big wins with you. And they're all like, no, I have to do it on my own. And I'm like, that is crazy to me. Cause what's wrong with just having like being in it with somebody. But I feel like women I, are much more excuse. Sorry. To interrupt yeah. you. I feel like women are much more inclined to have like a partner to like that, that symbiotic kind of yeah. relationship where you're helping each other get through the, the hurdles of life. Right. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of men, I could be generalizing, but a lot of men are just kind of like, no, I can do this. Brother. Well, no, I, 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 I agree with, I mean, obviously I agree with men because I'm a man. <laughs> um, no, thinking about, okay, let's let's think about our relationship. Mm-hmm. How stressed I am building a company. Yeah. And I'm 33 now. Yeah. When I was 27, I couldn't imagine being as stressed and like caring about the company and also like trying to navigate a serious relationship. I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So. It's too much. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's too much now, but obviously... I, I'm in love with somebody and I want to build a life with them. So it's, you just do it. Hmm. But obviously you see, like I'm stressed all the time. I feel I'm, like you have a much a bigger capacity. To, right. To but I think that comes yeah. with getting it's a little maturity. bit older. And, and also when, when I started at 30, I had three more years experience. Right. If I started at 25 or 26, you need all the energy to like put everything into because you're not as wise as you are when you're 30. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, I get it. I do get it. And I, I think about me at that age versus me now. And like, I would not have known what I was doing and been able to juggle all these things. And I guess part of it is priorities and what you want. And I guess I always wondered, like, are, are they saying this because that's really how they feel? Or were they saying that because they just didn't want to be with me and wanted to let me down easy? Yeah. And, and I, it doesn't matter or now. Or yeah. easy but, out or something. Yeah, exactly. But, but this is what, that's a big thing that I struggled with. But also think about it this way. So Say you take two 27-year-old, a, a, a man and a woman, mm-hmm. dating in New York. As a 27-year-old man, I would be so intimidated by the 27-year-old woman because I'm competing with 35-year-old men. Because a 27-year-old woman, I'm like the low end of 
you know, what, what maturity level she can keep up with and like what success level she can keep up with. Whereas she could easily go and be like, okay, this 35 year old guy, he has his life together. That's kind of the high point. So for me, it was very intimidating. I was like, if I met a 27 year old woman in New York city, she has, you know, she can get something way better than me. And that's how I thought personally. Also comes born from a place of insecurity almost. I just think it's, it's challenging for a guy in his twenties to date a girl the same age. And I think that's why, like, when guys are in, the, in their 30s, that's when they thrive is because they have, they have the comfortability of dating someone who's 25 because, like, they come off as, like, way more smarter and they come off as, like, way more established in life. And I feel like women the same age as men are a little bit ahead mature-wise and, like, they know what they want. Yeah. And it's intimidating. I feel like Interesting. that, yes... But the when I was you could 27 and dating 27-year-old <laughs> guys, I don't think they were insecure about anything. I think they thought, well, I can have any girl I want when I decide I want one. Yeah, kind of to your point, what you said earlier is just like it's a playground, right? So it's just like why get tied down when there is just like a plethora of options out there? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the the two yeah. different versions of men. Yeah. Because I saw both. I saw like, okay, I don't want to be tied down. This city's so fun. But then I also saw like, the quality of woman I wanted, who was my age, I I couldn't give her what she wanted from from a money standpoint or a maturity standpoint. So I was like, maybe I use the excuse of the city being fun as a way to cover up the insecurity of, okay, she clearly better than me right now. Right, like I'm not there yet. Yeah. Oh. Do you? I got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Do you agree or disagree with this? I don't want to say phrase, but this concept, because I hear a lot about it on TikTok and on social media, and I have a lot of thoughts on all these things I hear there, but um, that once a guy decides he's ready, he'll end up with the next girl he dates and kind of likes. I I would say a hard no for me because it took her to push me to be ready because I well, was like, oh. He wasn't even pushing you to ready. So he just no, no, me. I'm saying like internally because yeah. I was like, my feelings for her were like crazy and I never had these feelings. Mm -hmm. And then she was just everything I could have ever asked for in life. And I still wasn't ready at 30. And I was like battling, shoot, do well, I, do I risk giving this up? To play, like you had just moved to Los Angeles. I don't know how many times you've been out to LA, but everything's real shiny out there. Uh, right? <laughs> very, very shiny landscape. But the closer and closer you get, the more you realize it's actually not as shiny. And I think that when we first got together, we both had st strong feelings for each other. And I'm a very no bullshit type of person. I'm like, I like you. We're either going to head towards a relationship or I'm not going to see you anymore because I don't want to develop feelings for somebody and then get let down. And so I basically put that in front of him because I could feel him pulling away a little bit. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> explain to me. Be, be honest with me and, and, and be vulnerable with me and explain to me what, what you're thinking and how you're thinking it. And he was like, well, I just moved to LA and I want to do this and I like you, but I don't know. And I was like, well, you got to figure that out because I'm not going to wait around forever. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You put me on the spot, Good. which no, no one ever really did that seriously. And yeah. And if someone did, it was probably like easy for me to say no because I didn't really. Oh wait, wait! Now I'm just remembering because you just said oh, I'm just so busy with work at the moment. <laughs> you did. You literally said those words. But, but I was. Yeah, no, no, you were. But also at the same time, it didn't mean you didn't have the capacity for a relationship. You were just hiding behind that excuse. Yeah, but to the original question, for me personally, I don't think it's like okay, I'm ready. I'm gonna find the next one. Yeah. I was like, I I want to feel a feeling that's different. That that to me is like someone I want to end up with in life. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is like, yeah, you can be with somebody who's, you know, physically attractive, but that, you know, spending time with that person every day, 
the when you're with somebody every day, like I don't know how you feel about Jake, but like when I first met Hannah, I was like, oh my god, she's a supermodel, like she's amazing, like she's so beautiful. Now she's my wife. Like I just right. I she see, still is all of that. Which I which <laughs> but sometimes that's not I what forget. you think about. Exactly. I forget that because I'm like, oh, she's my wife, and we're so aligned with our emotions and our minds that I have to take a step back and be like, oh, I forget. Like, okay, you were a model. That's that's crazy <laughs> because. The looks, not that they go away, but I don't see the looks. Yeah, you see past it. When yeah. you start to really, truly fall in love with somebody, you really see like the, the inner beauty. Not to sound as corny as it is, but it is. It's true, and you, you really don't see that outside. It's a nice bonus. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but that. I and that's why I think, I would say a lot of divorce comes from women finding men who are wealthy because again, there's probably no deep connection there, and eventually. It's like, okay, you have money, but what are we doing? Yeah. And then the opposite is like men going after women just because they're physically attractive. Eventually, it's like, okay, we aged 10 years and your attraction is not what it was 10 years ago. And then why why am I with you again? Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is what I think people run into such an issue on dating apps for the most part where they are really just looking for somebody they're attracted to. Yeah. And then if they hit it off, like, okay, cool. But really it's, it, we know people are looking at pictures and pictures and pictures and going off of that. And it's so tough. Like, I mean, I love from, cause it's like, get to the date. Like, yeah. like the idea is really like get on the date and that's what you have to do to really assess chemistry with somebody. But there are so many times where I see, and this happened to me too, where I dated somebody in a relationship with somebody. So I was somebody's girlfriend. After we broke up, when I got back on the apps, I saw him on the app and I, my jaw dropped. <sighs> we met in person and seeing his dating app profile it actually helped me move on from the breakup because I was oh, like, wow. I never <laughs> would have swiped right on this person in a really? million years. In a million years. Why? I was not attracted to what I saw on the app. Wow. Those The pictures, I was like, I never in a million years would have swiped right on this person had I just seen them on a dating app. And had we not met in person and had that chemistry in terms of our personality, our senses of humor, we never, Yeah. it would never have happened. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so dating apps are innately superficial, right? The, the get-go, like you said, you're seeing pictures. There's prompts there, which can kind of give you a little bit of an understanding of like their personality, their morals and their values. But the only way that you're ever going to find if you're truly attracted to somebody in every form and every sense is to be able to meet them in person. Because like you said, you dated somebody for how long? It was a shorter relationship. But still. But it, it was long distance, actually. We met when I was visiting a friend in LA. And he lived in LA. And... Sorry if this gets turned into a content clip. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but he, he lived in LA. We dated for like five or six months, like long, but like flying back and forth to see each other and the distance and work got in the way and it didn't end up working out. But it was a few months later and I remember I was like on the subway and I was trying to swipe and it was my first time getting back on the apps. And I remember finally getting service again. This is like my most vivid memory of all time. Like pulled into Times Square, got service again, saw it, and my jaw dropped. And I took a screenshot and sent it to my friend. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like I would never, ever, ever have matched with him on a dating But that's app. wild that you had a six-month relationship and the fact yeah. that you saw that. And so it's just – it's proof in the pudding of like yeah. you just – you don't really know until you meet the person. You truly don't. And I mean d dating apps are going to be here to stay. That's just the reality of life. But the sooner you get off them, the sooner you meet in person, the sooner you can kind of gauge chemistry. Yeah. Or the sooner you start paying attention to – what you're actually talking about in the conversations or what someone's saying in their prompts or their bio. I think there's so much information in there if the person's like putting the effort into actually saying <laughs> something about them. But it's tough. I'm doing some matchmaking now and Ooh. 
my partner Carly and I have tried to encourage people like like we we know these people that we're working with very well like we spend a very long time getting to know them getting to know what hasn't worked for them in the past what they're looking for what they do like what they don't like in terms of personality and values and also physical traits and the number of times where we're like we are so sure that somebody would hit it off and we're like please like trust us and they're like mm, no like I'm just not attracted or like, but we'll see pictures of their ex and they look exactly the same. Or- uh, but I believe that. And I, I think the one thing that I believe is true about cliches is, um, oh, so-and-so was never normally my type, but then we met. And mm-hmm. because it, every person says that, every person's like, oh, how did you and George end up together? Oh, you know, like, he doesn't seem like your type. Yeah, he's not. I usually date guys like this, but when I met him, yeah, when you met him, you got along and yeah. you had pheromones and you had an energy and you had excitement and you had um, the same morals and values and you got turned on. Yeah. That's that's how it happens. And I feel like I hear that all the time. Like so-and-so is not normally my type, but yeah. we fell in love. And there's a lot of research behind that's it amazing. too where like if, if someone's not your type, that's usually the, the type of person you end up with. We had that argument when we first met because well, that was that was me. I like Joe. Joe's a bit too classically handsome for what I would. <laughs> I was always going after like the left of center lookers. You know what I mean? Yeah. People who are like attractive in their own right, but very unique. Uh-huh. So when I first met him, I was like, oh my god, he's real handsome, but he's like very like traditionally handsome. Yeah. Um. And so just even from that initial like physical aspect, and then I feel like what he did, like owning a dating app, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know if I would ever kind of. But it was just you wanted a raggedy. Uh, artist. guitar player yeah I wanted an artist or something like that. that's who I'd always dated and so but like to your point I think it is the people that you end up with like there's that there is that old adage of like opposites attract and not opposites in the sense of you know your morals and values are completely unaligned but it's more so like this idea of what you think you want is pretty far detached from what like you actually want on the inside and what you're actually going to end up with it also might historically prove to not work for you yeah, that's, that's a better way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And it happened the opposite with her and I because she would look back at my exes and people that I was dating and she'd be like, wow, you really like short brunettes with like curvy bodies. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then for the first couple weeks of dating, she'd be like, why are you with me? I'm not your type. And I said, I thought I had a type, but I don't. Like, you're my type. Like, I just like you. And like, it, it took a while for her to like believe that. And I was like, listen, I'm attracted to you. I, I obviously, like you said, it didn't work out with these people. And I dated them, but for some reason, my body's attracted to you. So yeah. we have to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny hearing about people's type and then what they actually end up with. Yeah. Everybody's got their own little checklist of what they think you want. But like I said, to your point, like it's, it hasn't worked for a reason. So maybe you should kind of go the opposite Try something end. different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, your podcast like tagline is modern dating sucks, but you're here to be able to make it suck a little bit less. Yes. So <laughs> your, which I love, it made me giggle and smile at the same time. <laughs> What do you think some of the most common or the biggest challenges in modern dating are today? Oh, my God. I know it's a how, how much time do we have? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, we're talking about dating apps. Paradox of choice mm. is the first thing that comes to mind. You know, people think, okay, well, this person's great, but if I swipe on, if I keep swiping more, there might be someone a little bit better. Mm. Or they check off nine things on my checklist, but I want that tenth thing too. <laughs> there's always going to be this idea of, well, there's a more perfect person out there for mm. me. And going back to what we just said, like what you're chasing after might not actually be right for you. So by not giving chances to people who might actually be like values aligned and have the same goals in life and you have an actual real genuine connection with just because you want that like 1% better, you're never going to find like what you're looking for doesn't exist. What you Mm -hmm. convinced yourself you're looking for. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think I think when you're in a relationship with somebody, we do that as well. Where if things get tough, we meet. Like I think back in the day when things got tough, couples were like, "Okay, let's figure it out." Like we have to just figure it out and make it work. Now, when things get tough for a couple, I think we think, "Oh, you know what? There's so many people out there. Why am I going to put up with this nonsense? I'll just go out and find someone better." And I think we can keep doing that. But to your to your points, there is no one better. It's just we think, we think, we swipe, we swipe. We're talking to somebody. Oh, there's someone better. There's someone cooler. There's someone funnier. Yeah. But why not just dig through the shit with somebody who you actually love? Well, the grass is green on the side. You water it. You love you know saying what I mean? that. I've never, I've never heard that. <laughs> See, because other people she haven't loves heard saying it. that. It's like, one of her I've never four heard phrases. That. But it's true. It's like the grass is green on the side. You water it. So yeah, you can sit wow. there and look and be like, oh, the grass I is greener that. over there. But the reality is, it's like it's probably again, it's just shiny from afar. And as soon as you get over there, you're like, oh, this grass is actually shit. Well, well what's funny is hearing you explain like this idea of oh well there's there's somebody else like if it gets hard let's just see what else is out there jake and i have never had serious problems in a relationship we are very good communicators and, and work through anything that we have to but in my mind if things were ever to get really bad I, my thing would be like i have to work through this in any way i can because there's no way in hell i want to go be single again i yeah. think the exact same way i was like i would rather like fight tooth and nail yeah. to be able to communicate and resolve whatever the hell's going on because in all honesty like the dating world it was fucking crazy a couple of years ago when i was in the swing of it like when i met him and i was like i finally kind of met a gentleman i'm living in la for such a long time it's like far and few between yeah. and it was an absolute madhouse for the most part so couldn't couldn't pay me enough. Yeah, to the dating world. It's not gonna be me. You won't see me back on the app. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy going through things with with her because yeah. everything you go through makes it way better. It makes, it makes it stronger. It, is that yeah. how it makes it it's stronger? It's true. It's not, that, that's not a cliche. That's yeah. so true. It is true. Cliches are cliches for a reason, aren't they? Yeah. And I think another problem that kind of that leads into is people are really afraid to be vulnerable. And I know like vulnerability and authenticity have been buzzwords for years now, but people never learned how to do it mm. and so they're so afraid people are so afraid to tell someone how they feel they think oh if i show my cards if i let someone know i'm interested in them that's going to push them away they're not going to want me anymore i have to play fear these of rejection games. yeah and in reality the hard conversations are the ones that you need to be having they're the most important ones and if you were to tell somebody that you have feelings for them that you feel a connection if they're not receptive to that if they say like oh well i don't it's not because you told them. Yeah. You're just finding that out sooner. Right. They already didn't you'll find do it. that. And that's that's why I think I hate when people try and act like the best version of themselves. I don't think that's the right way to put it, but like the best version the of what they think version. the other person yeah. wants them to be in a, on a first date. Because that's fine, but like the true you is eventually going to come out. So why not be the true you right away? It's deception. Yeah. yeah. It's deception I, in, the, in the pursuit of, of happiness in a way, but it's also, it is, you're just, you're shooting yourself in your own foot. Like yeah, and I think about like um, watching movies and stuff. Like sexually, if if a woman or a man wants to do something a certain way that makes them feel comfortable and like they like it, why would the other person get upset and say like, "Oh, why? You think I don't know what I'm doing? Like, why would you tell me to do that that way?" It's like, well, no. Like, this is kind of what I like. Yeah, we're and, all different. Yeah, yeah like I want to do it with you, um, yeah. but I'm not just gonna bite my tongue because right. then we have a relationship for years and we actually don't like it. Right, so, but people like, are so afraid to say. What they feel, and a big part of it is also, we assume that the other person knows what we're thinking. Right. And the yeah, other person- is mind readers. Like, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know if either of you guys are. <laughs> I wish I was. But, you know, I see so many times my friends are upset. Like, oh, like, 
they're not texting me enough or, oh, like they didn't do this or they did that and I didn't want that. It's like, well, they don't know. Like you are a brand new person to them. Mm -hmm. They have to learn you. They have to like read you from page one. And how in the world are they going to know if you don't tell them? Right. If you don't give them like, hey, here's what I like or it means a lot when you do this or, you know, like I really don't like this or I'm a little bit afraid of that or I feel more comfortable if this like you got to tell somebody that because otherwise how in the world are they supposed to know? Yeah, I think I said that on your podcast. It's like uh, don't love don't expect to be loved the way you love somebody else. Yeah. And like I I love that saying because it's true and it's to these points of like just because you think one way or you do something you, you can't expect the other person to do that. They're a totally different person. And that's why communication is such a big key of it. Even in the very infant stages of dating or starting to date somebody is it's just being able to communicate, being like, like I think back to that, that when I put you on the spot, I wondered to myself if our relationship would have progressed in any way, shape or form, if we would have come back to each other if I hadn't been like, hey, this is how I feel. Do you feel this way too? If not, get out of my house. I know that's a strict, <laughs> that's a strict fourth date thing for me. <laughs> what? I feel like the first two dates at least are just fun. You just like, you could ask deep questions. Like we asked a lot of deep questions and it was really fun. You almost told me you loved me on our second date. But I didn't because it was a second date yeah. and it went against my strict rules. <laughs> the third date is kind of when you when you start to build real feelings. You're like, okay, like, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. What do we think about this? But if you do that on a first date, if you came to me on the first date and I'm like, listen, I, love you. <laughs> I, I really, really want to see where this is going. I'd be like, what? Like I just met you. Like it's yeah, a bit scary. And I would think that you just do that with everybody because I'd be like, I'm well, not that special. But I think that, <laughs> that you hit the nail on the head. I think it would be more so like you're just looking for anybody to place yeah. that affection and that love on right. rather than like seeing if you actually truly have a deep connection with with yeah. the person that you're in front of. Absolutely. So like don't, yeah, don't go too hard like to the first couple of dates. But yeah, three or four is is the right time to be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, open it up. Yeah. Get more vulnerable. Exactly. First, first and second date, more fun. Talk about you know, what you guys believe in life, third and fourth, yeah. you can get deep and vulnerable. Yeah. Where do you see, like, the dating world heading in the future? I know it's a hard question to, to answer. It's very multifaceted, but... I have hope. I do. That's good. I think there are... I think a lot of people are really fed up with how it is, and I think that's where people, like, you come in and create something to help progress it and to help make it better and, and to change things a little, to kind of weed out the endless swiping Mm -hmm. and dating app fatigue. And yes, there are, it's still first round. Some is still a dating app, but it is trying to solve a problem that the major dating apps did not come into the dating world trying to solve. And so I think there are a lot of really innovative ideas and I think people are ready for them. I think people want to push themselves to try and, work a little harder to try and put themselves out there and try and be vulnerable, Mm. which maybe they were afraid to in the past, but now they're like, well, this is what I have to do. Um, I think people are way more open to meeting in person than they were before. I think for a while people, there was such a stigma around going to a mixer, singles events, speed dating. And, and now I see people really putting themselves out there, asking me all the time, like, Alana, do you know of any events? Can you share them? Like, I want to go. I've never gone. I'm really scared to but I'm open to it. Yeah. And so I think that's beautiful. I think people need to put their phones down sometimes and look up and see who's around them and what connections they can make organically. And I don't know. Beyond that, I mean, I just hope people can move towards being nice to each other and 
again, communicating and the fact that I still have to create content about like why you shouldn't ghost somebody is beyond me. Oh, I want to get your thoughts on that. But uh, yeah, I think I think if people just communicate or are intentional, because I, I hate saying that um, everybody needs to find a partner or fall in love because that's just like a, a, a certain demographic of the population. That's there, what you want. There Whatever are people are out there that want to just sleep around and want to be single, yeah, which that's is fine. fine. Too. But if you if, if a man and a woman are on the same page of like, we both just want to sleep around and you know that right away, that's perfectly fine as long as you both know that. And I think the problem with today's world is that one person doesn't tell the other person how they truly feel. Yeah. And if you both do that, maybe you both just want to have a one-night stand. And if you both tell each other that, it's like, this is perfect. I don't want to like you. You don't want to like me. I really need to have sex tonight. Well, let's do it. I'm attracted to you. And then there's no yeah, issues weird. instead yeah. of like one person being like, you didn't text me. Oh, well, I didn't really like you like that. Oh, well, why didn't you tell me front? Communication is key in, in, in any regard, in any relationship, friendship, like parental, child, relationships, like everything and anything. Um, ask a question about ghosting because then we're going to go into rapid fire. Ghosting. Ghosting. What's that? What is that? Because <laughs> I feel like a soft ghost is good. Not good, is acceptable. If you only met like once. Define soft ghost. Like, okay, here's the example. <laughs> you go on a first date through an app or whatever, and you both know. It's like, well, one person knows. Okay, not for me. The next day, the other person says, hey, and you kind of just let it be. Now, to me, that's a soft ghost. If that same person follows up with text two, then it's like, okay, you can't, you have to respond. But if that person, if that's the one and only text and you soft ghost and you both know like, okay, that's it, then it's done. Can I tell you why I wholeheartedly disagree? Please. Oh, yes. <laughs> if I text you, hey, the day after a date. Yeah. And I don't hear from you. Yeah. I'm spending not just that hour or that day, but the next day, maybe the day after that. The day after that, panicking. Will I ever hear from him again? Texting my friends every hour. I still haven't heard from him. I still haven't heard from him. Should I say something else? Like, is it over? At what point do I give up? At like, what the hell? Like, it is causing so much. But why can't you text again? Because you've already texted once and you've already put yourself okay, out. Okay, but now let me. Then it feels desperate. Yeah. Let me play the other why side. Why can't you just respond? How, how would you feel? You say, hey. And then I say, listen, I had a great time with you last night, but you're just not for me. Now, I know, I know I'm going to get pushed back on this because it's like, oh, that's the mature thing to do. But what if you actually didn't like me either? And then I said that to you and you're like, okay, asshole. Like, I didn't like you either. We went on one date. Like, why would you say something so formal like that? Just putting that out there. Okay, but if but if I liked you, then why am I texting you? Hey, yeah. if I didn't like you, why am I going to text you? Why hey? why are you texting the next? Because here's the here's what the anti ghost text does, or the not soft ghost, like just saying that rejection, it sets me free. Okay. It's like okay, done. I like fuck him if I'm mad, like whatever, screw okay, him. I mean, that's that's fair. fine. Doesn't doesn't matter how I feel about you because it's over. But I know, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go on the apps again. I'm gonna move on. Done. Yeah. Bye. Okay. It I've, just we've it, had arguments about this before because I am right there with you, and I was like, no, it's just it's it doesn't matter if you think it's stuffy or like overly mature or what have you. I guess you just want to avoid the controversy. You want to avoid the drama, but there's no drama to be had. Like you can't automatically assume that a woman or a man for that oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not is going to be an absolute lunatic and be like, oh God, ways. how dare you? Like, 
or why are you texting me that? Like, I didn't like you anyway. It's just, I it's, see you two are all fired up about this one. <laughs> because it, I think it's just a respect thing. And I think it's just a respect for your fellow human being of just being like, hey, listen, like really had a nice time with you, but I don't have any interest in seeing you any further. And to your point earlier is like being like. I think if, that's mean. But if you come into the dating world and you're like, we just both want to hook up with, with people, right? Like that's the same level of communication. It's the same thing. You're right. I just contradicted myself. You did. Like, why didn't you just rather questions. know? I would just think like if I texted a woman and said, hey, and she texted me and said, hey, Joe, it was great going out with you right now but, uh, last night, but you're not my person. I don't know. I, I would feel like really butthurt. And yeah, I wouldn't want to butt her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a short-term a sting for a long-term yeah, but, yeah. but it's better than it's that better. You're right. feeling of not knowing and wondering and anxiety and is he dead? Because he's not responding. Is he dead? <laughs> I, I've actually I've had conversations date. with people who the person didn't respond and they're jokingly like, oh, like, did, did he die? <laughs> and one of them was like, is he ghosting me? Nope, he was in prison. <laughs> he got arrested. Really? And then another one, she was like, like after like weeks of talking to this person and seeing him in real life and stuff, suddenly one day didn't answer and she was like, thought he was ghosting and no, he was actually got in a car accident was in a coma. Oh my God. Oh my God, you see that shit on television, but you never yeah. imagine it would happen in real life. Incredible episode. Really what beautiful. Imagine, imagine that happened where she did five texts. I'm like, fuck you, you didn't answer me. Blah, blah, right, blah. Uh, right. And then he wakes up out of the corner. He's like, I fell in love wait, with you, wait, but I was in a coma. There's a Sex and the City episode like that where Miranda's <laughs> dating somebody and then he actually dies and he's like, she's calls to like ream him out and it's the mother and she's like, he died last oh night. My God. Oh Horrible. my God. Horrible. Okay, I'm so glad we put this to rest because he keeps going, well, so good. It's okay. Right, it's not okay. You'd rather know. We all want the information. Yeah. We can't read right. minds. I'm, I'm one to say that I'm wrong. You are. You can, <laughs> you can always admit defeat, which I which I appreciate about you. Out of you. All right. Sure. So to round this out, we're going to do rapid fire. So Let's like short it. answers, say whatever comes I'm to mind. I'm really bad at rapid fire, but I will do my very best. I have a feeling fire. you're not bad at anything, but that's fine. What is your ultimate um, act of self-care or self-love? Going to the dog park. Love that. <laughs> Favorite date night spot? Quality eats. Has to be, right? Yeah. Um, Favorite thing about your partner? Oh. He's very patient. Love that. What do you think he would say his favorite thing about you is? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask him that. Let's okay. See what he says. <laughs> Get back to us. Um, one thing you always carry with you? Chapstick. Love it. Uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Definitely not to read minds. Not it's a double edged sword. Not to read minds. Oh. I would never in a million years well, want yeah, that. A, um, a Teleportation. Oh, eat whatever I want without gaining weight. Oh, <laughs> or getting unhealthy. That was a good one. one. Um, best piece of advice you've ever received? If you don't ask, you don't get. Love that. Um, one thing on your bucket list? Go to the airport with a bag packed for all different things and take the next flight available or be surprised with where I'm going. Wow. And I keep telling Jake this, and he's like, no, that's Jake, so not notes. practical. And I'm like, but I want to do it. And he's like, that makes no sense. I'm like, it'll be fun. He's like, we might end up in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, it'll be an adventure. <laughs> Jake, do it. Jake. Um, and the last thing, three things or one thing you're grateful for today? Oh. Honestly, this past hour, um, it's been a really, really tough week. And this was a really good escape. And... I really needed it. So thank you guys. Oh my darling, it's an absolute pleasure. It's been, I'm so happy that we could sit down and have a chat because like I said, you on Joe's podcast was incredible and now to switch and, and hear a little bit more from you. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. I'm sad it's over. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah, and I appreciate you introducing us to Danielle as well. I feel oh, like yeah, one so of the beautiful things out. about being in the dating space is, um, you know, 
you become a big family if you're if you do the right things, right? If people trust you, and you do the right things, you become a big family, and you get references and you work with the right people. And yeah. I just want to thank you for working with us yourself, but then also introducing us to Danielle because it makes it feel like you really believe in what we're doing. It absolutely do, and yeah, She's it's lovely. It's such a beautiful community of people who want to support each other and see each other win. So thank you. Happy to be a part of it. Awesome, and uh, the people could check out yeah, your what, podcast. Yeah, what ah, yes, seeing other people. Love it. Wherever. Love, Love it. Instagram, wherever you listen to podcasts, TikTok, all that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alana. Thank you.